My people, my people, my people, my people, my people, welcome. <laughs> it's another edition, another episode, the part two that I know that you've been waiting for because you're like, after everything you've heard in the part one of this interview and this conversation and this roundtable, you're like, when can we get to part two like they do on TikTok? Well, guess what? We're back like we never left. That's what we're doing right here. Uh, very excited. Welcome to Don't Forget to Flush, that podcast that is all about the African Renaissance, which I know you heard all about in the part one. Uh, cultural commentary, which we're going to get into a bit more of that. And then in this episode, in this particular part, we're really going to get into some toilet seat conversations to have them tell us what they are thinking when they're actually doing the do. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> we're going to get into those kinds of deep thinking, deep questions. Uh, so welcome back. And of course, I have two individuals that are dear to my heart because they not only speak to the points that we're trying to make, but they are upstanding citizens of this country. And of course, I'm talking about <laughs> Dr. Law Radu. And I have to say, upstanding, so that if yes, somebody's sir, listening, they yes, know they're legit. Um, and of course, Nigeria Chris Madu. Um, you know, at this point, people have begun to find out that you guys are actually married to not just sisters, but entrepreneur sisters, uh, folks doing business. So I, I guess, let me jump into it and ask you guys, what's that like being married to sisters and, you know, and they're entrepreneurs and they're doing their thing and they're both medical professionals? What's that world like? Mm. Come on, Claw. You, you, you got to tell because <laughs> you, you said in the last episode... Doctor, doctor, married, and you want somebody to be cooking. Yeah, man. Yeah, What's yeah, that like? yeah. Me married to so an entrepreneur, was, sisters. Yeah, you know, you know, the, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, right? A lot of my behavior is, comes from, you know, my dad and my parents. You know, yeah. uh, you know, my parents are entrepreneurs. My, you know, they they run their clinic. They we had a clinic back home in Nigeria, mm. and you know, and so I watched my dad the way he married my mom, yeah. you know, this is a busy woman who ran her clinic. You know, as a matter of fact, when we were young, we lived upstairs and the clinic was downstairs. Oh, wow. And then when the, when the patients grew and the clinic grew, we moved to a different place and then they converted the whole house to a clinic. And, you mm. know, so I lived in that environment, watching people build brick by brick. Mm. So um, I learned how to marry and how to love an ambitious woman. It's not easy, my brother. <laughs> that is, but that is deep, though. You, the learning, easy. the behavior to learn. To yeah. marry because you have to understand that as a man, we're ambitious. We we believe, don't worry, I'll do it for you. You want a new car, I'll buy it for you. You, mm. want, a, you want a house, I'll build it for you. Or you want a new purse, I'll buy it for you. But sometimes we forget to re remove ourselves from the equation and let her work and buy that thing herself. Mm. Doesn't mean you shouldn't buy for her anymore. Yeah, it doesn't change but the world. Understand yeah. that there is a there's value for them in that accomplishment when you marry an entrepreneurial woman. You know, um, so I learned how to. It's 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 a tricky thing, you know, because you watch them, you watch your day in their most vulnerable state. You're there in their most successful state mm. and all the space in between. In between. You know, and you have to deal with all of that emotion. You know, the moments when, like my wife here, when she's trying to create products, you know, I mean, uh, she's in here in the kitchen and in her lab and adding this one, subtracting that one. I'm the guinea pig, right? She'll come and be like, all right, come sit. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me take this product on you. And you have to be supportive. Yeah. And you have to be, you know, I'm not, I'm, 
here's that word again, intentional, mm. right? You have to be intentional about the way you support her in this endeavor, right? Not passive. You don't wait for her to just come and say, oh, baby, this is what it is. You have to make sure that you come and tell her, hey, that product, oh, yeah, come on, let me see what it is. I right, try this one, you know. So that's my own two cents on like how you marry an entrepreneur woman. Chris, you know, you, you know, your, your wife is busy, busy, busy. So I, I can imagine that <laughs> your own equation is... I mean, so, I mean, getting married to an entrepreneur um, wife, right? Namo, that's it, correct? Yep. It's, um, it's pretty much kind of, I mean, I'm an Igbo man, first and foremost. And my parents were just business people, right? They owned businesses, owned supermarkets, owned shops. That was, I grew up in that traditional business, you know, home, you know. So my dad obviously used to be the one running the business. Then my mom manages it, right? He's the one that mm. is, you know, the brain. Then my mom is managing the resources. But as he got older, you know, he's not as strong, you know, health-wise. So my mom takes over the bigger part of running the business. So he switches yeah. up to a different line. He switches up to real estate, you know, and then which is easier for him to kind of, I would say um, and coordinate, and, yeah, and coordinate instead yeah. of the, the the shop and goods and all that. Yeah. So he switches that up, but they're still working in sync. So that for me was a huge base of how I look at women in general, right? Mm. And I also have five sisters, right? Meaning what? It gave me, I think having five sisters and my immediate younger one is a girl. So it's not like, yeah, 10 years below me, right? We are, yeah. we are just a year apart, all of us. So I mean, five Which is sisters. his own story. 10 kids, one <laughs> yeah. mom, you know. So, I, think, I think at this point, right we should be there. inviting you to a different conversation, you know? No, You're a perfect so. candidate for therapy. You know, let's no. them unpack what, what that experience is like, no, you know? So um, in, in, that, in that whole niche, right? Yeah. It was like seeing your sisters and definitely seeing in them the best woman, right? Mm. The most successful ladies, the ambitious, you know, they do great in class. You know, so it's like, oh, this becomes my expectation of every girl. I see. So it's so it's so key to me that I've actually had some, I'll say maybe disappointment in some ladies that I kind of reference my sisters, right? It's like, oh, look at what do you what do you think? I mean, you think this and that and that. Look at what my sister is, right? That kind of thing. So then I meet each which is to your detriment, but keep going. We're, 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 so, we're I mean, no, I mean, those, those ones, you know, those are just yeah, like, that was it. no problem yeah. now. So, so um, now I meet my wife, right? Yeah, who is doing YouTube, which at that point is a more lifestyle thing, right? Mm -hmm. Then I asked her, then this is like probably the first time I visited her in um in her place before in her apartment. Then I'm like, babe, this YouTube you're doing. What is the goal? Mm. I answered this question like this is what maybe six years ago or so, or wow, it's been long, man. Eight years, jeez. This is when you guys were just even. Yeah, get, when we yeah, did, yeah, like, this twenty fourteen when we just met. I'm like, yeah. what are you doing this for? What's the end goal? You know, and she told me this. And once she gave, because I'm one person that I like to know why you're doing something, so it gives me an yeah. understanding of. Do I fall in? Don't I fall in? She's like, oh, she's doing this so 
Don't don't reveal make... don't reveal her behind the scenes. No, exactly. No, 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 no. Because this, I don't want you no, to know. This, this, this is something sauce, that man. no, this is something Let that she has also not just be no, the, no uh, way. <laughs> Namo, this, this is something that she has discussed as well. Can't give her her secret in her videos. No, she has discussed this in her videos, right? Okay. So it's nothing like strange that okay, if I have this platform, I can also create a business from it. This is what she told me back then. I'm like, all right, great. I'm behind you. So that that made me fall in easily, like, and that speaks to what you were talking about in the first in the first part of our of our conversation, where you were talking about allow you know saying to yourself, I need to know you for you, yeah, for you, understand you, you. yeah, you just like, be yourself. So that why I know, are you doing this? You know, you know yeah. so that I know do I do I come in? Do I not come in? You know, I'm not I'm not here to change you. So how this does that now you. feel that you know you, both of you know each other? Like you talked about in the first part, your yeah. paths have interwined, crossed from Makosa dancing to <laughs> you know to your love of it's growing crossed beards. A lot. Um, you know, it's yeah. crossed in different forms. What does it feel like uh, being married to sisters? Man, I I'm, I'm going to tell you. You know, um, I think me and Chris's relationship is quite interesting, right? Yeah. Um, um, because I mean the, the evolution of a friendship, right? When you go from uh, uh, just a friend who, I think the first time I ever met Chris, we were going to go to a nightclub together. Or something. We're actually going to a nightclub. With you know, we're going to a nightclub together. Wow. You're trying to hide it. Chris said yes. It was night. It was nightclub. <laughs> so, so the evolution of a of a friendship, friendship to brotherhood, right? And it's it's interesting because, you know, um, there was when when Chris came to marry Ify, my mother in law asked me about Chris, mm. right? And I didn't realize we hadn't known each other as long as I thought we had known each other. Because <laughs> when I, when- we were You're now about to answer professionally. Yeah. You know, do you know how you are? You are, I, I remember scenarios in, uh, in, in college with Chris. <laughs> and Chris was not in college with me. Does that make sense? <laughs> like, it's like, oh, Chris. That is what was... we call projection. That's, <laughs> that is... but, but I'm just saying, he has been such a critical part of my life. Yeah. You know, that it feels like he has been there forever. Mm. You know? Um, so, marrying sisters, it made it very easy. Because now, I mean, if you look on our group chat, you know, you have your group chat. We call ourselves the Adus because I'm an Oradu and they're a Madu. So we took the Adus. So we're like the nice. apostrophe Adus. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they, they, the people keep asking us to come up with a, a, a show, keeping up with the Adus, you know. Yeah, that would be like amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's so cool because like when we are together, it's just a beautiful thing. We're happy. We're mm. connected, you know. Um, and a lot of times, Chris will call me and say, yo, bro, if he did X, Y, and Z, I'm like, you too. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you are going through the same thing. <laughs> I, I see you. Yeah. I see. Okay. So the kindred like spirits in the experience. Support system. Mm, yeah. Support system. Support because a lot of times, anybody who knows me, I don't talk about internal issues within my marriage Yeah. at all. But having somebody like Chris who we have similar conversations, similar experiences, mm. it helps because now we can now discuss. So, you know, from that relate, from that perspective, marrying sisters who are entrepreneurs, who are extremely hardworking, 
But also, I mean, if you see them humble, humble, humble as heck, I mean, it's a beautiful thing, course, you know, and I yeah. think I, I, I'm happy to have somebody to share that with. You know? And I tell, I tell you guys, you know, we, we I, I had the fortune of interviewing them on the podcast as well. Shout out to to um, the sisters right there, Ify and Inky. Um, I featured them on the last season and, you know, it was such a great interview as well. But I think what you were discussing right now brings us to cultural commentary, right? We're back again, trying to discuss deeply. Um, but I need you guys to do something different. I, I get you on trying to be very specific about yourselves, but we've talked about your own experiences and your own um, view of the world that is multifaceted. So I, I need you guys to extend yourselves a bit to the point about how do men really feel about successful women? And the reason why I'm asking that is that, yes, there are stereotypical um, conversations out there. Um, so feel free to address any concern um, that you feel. But I want you all to just step out a bit. So I'm going to ask you again. How do men really feel about successful women? Let's talk about men in your sphere of influence. What do you think yeah. the general stereotypical um, misrepresentation or misunderstanding um uh, leaves what is it and what do you feel about it mm, so I'll, Chris, I'll let you start this one off all right let's see um to namun obviously when you say um how do men feel about hardworking, successful women right yeah and i know you said we should go broad you know extend yourself I, if you can yeah yeah ex- <laughs> but then again right i, I still feel like because there's one thing I've come to, you know, in my own person, after moving to the U.S., I've come to kind of build upon a lot. Mm-hmm. Every day you try to build on some part of you that should be a better person. And it's trying not to be stereotypical. That's good. A lot. I've, I've tried to redefine that whole word because you don't know when you are. And that's and, why we want to use this as an opportunity to, to break through the mold. Yeah. Or to answer a question, because you are married to successful women, you are mm-hmm. you dated successful women, you you you're a guy. So mm-hmm. what's your truth okay. in that recipe? So, so now, you know, which is why I said I, I would not love to be stereotypical, but because to be frank, you also have to look at the background, right, of the person. Because th- that background really molds us a lot. And like and like I think I've said, and I believe Lawrence has also kind of, you know put out there we both have moms mm-hmm. that we had working and successful so it's like expected of us I'll, you get my point i get you yeah now i would get it if you're trying to say that um how what is the expectation of successful women right from their men you get my point that's kind of different it's like what do why, men? Why don't you? Why don't you give us that perspective? Yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so in that regard, it could be different. It could be the same. It could be you know very vast. Yeah. But the the expectation might just be that oh she's successful, you know she's doing great. She's you know she's she's ambitious, right? Now the man comes in and like okay, maybe she's too ambitious, correct? Mm. Maybe she's too successful. Maybe she's making so much money, you know. All those things, there's not, there's no problem with that to start with. Now the problem comes in with you as the man first, right? What is your own stance on those things, correct? First, and then secondly, 
how does your wife, you know, handle those situations? Am I making sense? So I'll, I'll give you a, a very, I'll, an illustration. You know, I'll use my wife as one. Don't throw her under the bus. So no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I'll use my wife as one, right? Now, guy, it's you and your wife that will be at home if you throw under the bus. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but <laughs> if he is an entrepreneur, she's also a pharmacist, you know, she does YouTube, all that good stuff, right? And I, I support her in every way, manner or form. You know, we share ideas. We can, we can feel it. You're gushing yeah. over her. We, we, so so <laughs> now, the thing is, in all of that, right, mm. the person that she is never changed. Mm. You get what I mean? The person that she is, a kind person, she's respectful, you know, she wants us to work together. It has never changed. So now, for me, that is key to how I feel. Am I making sense? I get you. So how, so how you. do I feel about it? I feel yeah. great about it. I because feel- to you, the, in fact, what you're trying to explain is that even though the, the messaging in society is about defining women through their success, you're saying they are who they are. The success is just an output. And so yes. you can't say that you are defining yeah. any exactly. woman based on that. So how yeah. do you feel? Can you I, feel the I, same I, way about yeah. her, the way you feel about her. It's not yep. about uh, yeah, know, her success. Come on, Lord. Yeah. Tell me oh, about this. Yeah. No, I mean, this is a very critical conversation, actually, you know, that I think affects a lot of guys trying to go into relationships because whether we like it or not, women are more, they, they, if you look at the, graph of they're going women up and success mm-hmm. they're going it's, up it's literally um shooting up and the, the the what a lot of men you know we talk about stereotypes here but the, the concern a lot of men tend to have success is one two things time and money right okay time and money they don't have more money they have no time right so a lot of men are worried that a woman might have too much more money if you have more money than me then you might not respect me in the house, mm. right? That's some of the stereotype people think. Or if you are too ambitious, uh, you are too, you're working too much, then you won't have any time for me and the household. Yeah. Right. So that the two things, like at least if I'm going to narrow it down, that a lot of people, a lot, some men tend to be concerned about when it comes to uh, uh, successful women and entrepreneurs, specifically entrepreneurs. I mean, I know we yeah. talk about their professional women, but entrepreneurs take a whole different entrepreneurship. It's a whole different, whole you know. Different <laughs> yeah. model, you know, and and to be honest, if I'm going to be candid, you know, that is a fair analysis and a fair concern, right? Here's the trick, you know, is that is a concern, doesn't necessarily mean it's a problem. Right, because mm-hmm. a lot of times people are concerned for, that this thing may exist, you know. However, I think if you, you know, uh, as a man going into a relationship with a successful woman, <laughs> you know, first of all, you got to sit down and you people have to talk about, hey, what exactly it is that you are doing and, <laughs> and how much time are you devoting to this thing that you are doing? Mm. And, you know, because this is very key, because ultimately, <laughs> some people walk in, they see the woman is successful, a, a, a woman who has a house of her own before you met her, has a, her own car, yeah. has her own 401k, can pay for her own meal before you met her, and then you're going to come into her life, you know, and then you might want to start changing things around because you're not comfortable with her success. 
Mm. You know, I think one thing that I, I tried to do in, you know, when I married my wife is I peeped. I said, okay, in what area can I remove some burden from this mm. equation for you? That is deep make right my, there. Make myself relevant to your journey, mm. right? Because now if I take this burden out, I've removed that time factor. I've shortened that time factor. So now you have a little bit more time to spend with me. <laughs> Are you getting me? Wow, that is that is now, that is you analyzing you analyzing the situation on how to actually add value and not that's what I'm you're saying. not critiquing the process. Yeah, you are you're not adding coming value. in there because the problem is that when you meet him, after all, most of us when we are marrying, we're already in the late twenties, thirties. Ways are already set, mm. right? A woman who is ambitious in her thirties, you now want to come in and say, oh, "You're going," and you want her role to be cooking your house soup every. Every night, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Wow, this this fatherhood, husbandhood, brotherhood roundtable is what we need. We're going to take this Are thing global. We have to be discussing this thing on a more global stage. Um, so let 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 me ask this before we jump into the next segment, uh, and and this is going to be about men, right? So there's this concept of toxic masculinity, mm. a phrase that some people have said, "Oh, it doesn't exist. It does exist." Um, and then there's there's a uh, you know relationship in my opinion between toxic masculinity and the stigma of mental mental health uh, and i always think about uh, of it in a sense of you know men just don't want to see therapists you know or mm. the idea that um you know men tend to excuse other men's behavior or try to find so i guess my question i'm just seeking comments from your views about what do you think about toxic masculinity? Um, and what do you think about the issues of mental health stigma? I can go first. Mm-hmm. I believe toxic masculinity exists. I'm trying to write up something about it recently. Mm-hmm. And secondly, I feel like the stigma of mental health is one of the things that continue to drag us down and influence toxic masculinity. So what's say both Absolutely. of you? Oh yeah, you're a doctor, 100%. I know. So you're gonna even give me the medical things. <laughs> no, hundred percent. You know, I I strongly believe that toxic masculinity exists. Mm. You know, I I strongly believe that, um, and I strongly believe is in that toxic masculinity. It at its peak is blinding to the fact that even when there is help. So even when some of them, a, a man who has this, you know, bravado about himself and I'm a man after all, mm. stay in your place, woman, you know, to the point where it's affecting their marriage. Even when some of them go, you know, A, they don't see the need for therapy, number one. But even to take it a step further, when they actually go see a therapist, that toxic masculinity sometimes is so bad mm that that therapy session is actually not productive. As a matter of fact, it may be detrimental because, you know, the whole idea of of, uh, of uh, therapy is to come outside of yourself, right? And see the other person's perspective. And sometimes, you know, you say, oh, who do you think you are mm. that you think you can tell people my business or you think you can talk about me in such a way? Wow. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think that is a horrible. I know people in marriages who are experiencing that, mm. you know, whereby you feel like you are in a, in a prison, you know, 
one thing I've always told people, I've told people is that I know we, we come from an era where when you're married, marriage is forever. I refuse to be in a prison marriage. Mm. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people, specifically women, are in marriages where they are almost they almost feel helpless. You know, I have to check myself a lot. You know, that's why I, you know, I love Chris's comment earlier about communication, right? If you are able to communicate your feelings, mm. right? Toxic masculinity is almost the absence of communication of feelings. It's what it is, is what it is. My way is my way. That is deep right your, there. Your feelings be damned. Mm. Communication, the presence of communication, in my opinion, is the beginning of the breakdown of that to- toxic masculinity. If you're able to communicate and say, hey, I feel this way about what you did. You know, I tell my wife, we talk about perspective. You may think I did something away, but I'm going to give you what I was thinking when I did that. And you might realize that my my harming you or my upsetting you may not have been intentional. Mm. But a to- toxic man would be like... No, I don't even see why I should explain anything. Yeah, why am I know, explaining myself about, to you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Take it, it is what it is, you know, and then storm out of the room. No communication, no nothing. So anyway, not to get too long-winded. That's yeah. what that's no, that, that, that's topic, a good word. That's a know? good word. So, I, and I think Chris, anyone listening right now is going to be like, we need to take that and tell other men because if you can communicate your feelings, you are actually breaking down those unconscious uh, a toxicity that you might even have that you're not even, to your point, is blinding. Chris, yeah, what say you? Yeah. I mean, obviously, toxic masculinity exists, you know. We've seen it around our homes a lot, especially coming from an African home, you know, like in our culture, it's like the man, the man, the man. And there is, in, in a lot of those homes, there is very little communication, you know. So we've seen that happen. So it exists. Now, in relation to mental health, there is a huge correlation, right? Because it's like, like Lauren said, you're at that point that you're blinded to anything that person is saying or trying to get across to you. And remember, as you're blinded, if I may use it literally, correct? As you're blinded, you start getting sick, correct? Because you're losing Mm. sight. Mm. And as you're getting sick and losing sight, it's not helping with your health. So it gets to that point that is the breaking point. But instead of you trying to seek for help, that same toxic nature of your, you know, your nature as a man. You don't want your guys to know that you're going to look yeah. for help. Or, 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 or you don't even want your guys to know that you listen to your wife. You mm. know, you know the, because there's a lot, right? You know, with the communication thing for me, why I say that is, like I said, we're not perfect. I always say that out there, you know. We're growing. And my, my person is, how do I improve myself, my personal self, every day? Like, what am I doing yeah. before that I think I can be better at now? You know, I'm one of those people that will always reach out to anybody and everybody. If I've talked to you today and I have your number, you'll be shocked. I'll be calling you every week. That's just me, right? Mm. So there's no way I wouldn't want to translate that to my home, correct? Yeah. And in that point of communication, a lot of times people also do not get that, you know, how I put it, that, um, like, what does communication really entail, right? It doesn't necessarily mean the person agrees with you. Mm-hmm. That is one part people always forget mm-hmm. to get. It doesn't mean the person agrees with you, but it means the person understands you. 
Yeah, they heard mm-hmm. you. They, Understanding they, they, is mm-hmm. different from agreement. Mm-hmm. A lot of time people don't get it. Have I told her, but she didn't, she didn't accept my way. Yeah, but you told her, right? You told her, right? That's a plus. Communicate how you feel. Communicate. Even they told they told her it's it's that we can doubt it because yeah no 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 yeah exactly and a lot of times like there's something Lauren said out I'm gonna you know cap on it's like a lot of times I could have done something that hurt you I could yeah. have done something that hurt me but when the perspectives are put on ground I'll see that oh she didn't even do that to hurt me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I won't lie to you. I'm saying this on my own marriage, correct? Mm-hmm. That is something that has been so helpful for us. Mm-hmm. Because, and I always try to make this a key point of our communication. Like, you know, why did you do it? You know, just why? What was your reasoning behind it? Because it makes me, you know, like, I'm like, oh, I get where you're coming from. And you know, sometimes on my own, right? When I've been upset on my, with my wife, I go back and think deeply by myself. I'm like, wait, I know she didn't do that to hurt me. Why am I so upset? <laughs> no, you know, interestingly, I'm letting you talk about this because it's like, you know, when, 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 and, I, and I'm just trying to take it back. Guys, if you've not heard episode two of season three, please go listen to the seven things I was talking about when men say they want peace and what that whole storyline is about. But as you're just describing all of this, I see why we can break the cycle and how we can break the mold. Because it's really just taking accountability, right? It's taking, it's looking at yourself and saying, you know what, I'm not, I've not been put here as anybody's master or as anybody's yeah. driver yeah. of creation, you know? <laughs> like I, I have a role to play and it's yeah. clarity and communication and how that is, you know what guys? See, let me say it now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Don't Forget to Plus podcast. <laughs> but if you end up hearing that there's another podcast called The Roundtable, or the podcast is called The fa- Fatherhood, <laughs> The Fatherhood Husbandhood of the Traveling, uh, uh, the Traveling Adus, you know, don't be surprised if you see us on a podcast together because we oh, need to man. be able to answer all these questions. Is Don't Forget to Flush podcast, guys. Find us on social media, available on all platforms. If you are listening, it means you are listening to us somewhere. So just tell a friend. That we're available everywhere. So, guys, we're going to get into yeah. this segment. This is our fun segment. I know we missed it in the part one. Um, and this part two, I really want us to get into it because in this one, I call it the Dinkba and the Diva section. Mm-hmm. People love this section because in this section, um, you know, Dinkba is from our part of the world, which means able man, you know, strong man, mm-hmm. you know, Dinkba. Uh, but we're guys on this fatherhood, husbandhood, brotherhood round table. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. all Dinkbas, you know, it's all three Dinkbas on this one, no Divas. <laughs> Um, and so how it works is you're going to give your response in your best effort of an accent. You have to pick any accent. And when you pick that accent, you have to stick <laughs> with it. Um, the only thing is that because I do this, I pick the Igbo accent. And so that's where I'm at. So it means you can't pick the Igbo accent. You have to find <laughs> any other accent to make an effort. Like which, I'm which, sorry, man. Which range? <laughs> which yeah, range? You have to, you have because, to try. Because um, the truth is, our accents, like for me, hold it on, cuts don't across. The hold on, no explanation. I'm Here about is. to ask you the question. Just pick one, whatever the accent. No, but what accent? Anyone, right? Any I'm other give one. You the accent, it's not Nigerian and it's not you... Wait, yeah, good. If it's Nigerian, it should be Nigerian. It could be Nigerian if you feel like it, but I'm just saying it shouldn't be Igbo. That's all I'm saying. Okay, just but it can be it. any other. It can be 
Any accent in the world. It can be Chinese. It you can, can be pick Indian, any accent. It can be English. Do okay. your best possible impression. Oh boy. So <laughs> let's get into let's get into <laughs> my people. <laughs> hey, Lolo and uh, Chris, Chris. Eh? Thank you for making it to this podcast. So here's the question that I have for you that you have to answer. You know what are the biggest <laughs> lessons? And this one is good that you use numbers. You can say one or two or three uh, lessons that you have learned. So. What are the biggest lessons eh, that you have learned so far as a father and as a husband that you can share with other men? So let's count it this way. You give one for fatherhood, you give one for husbandhood that other men can benefit from. Hmm? This is the trading per section. Let's go. Who wants to go first? Eh? You now. It's me. I have to answer. Uh, no, yeah, my podcast. You know accent now. You don't have to answer. But uh, you have taken the accent from us now. I have taken the accent. You have taken it from us now. Look at look at this. You have taken it from us. Answer. Yes, I have taken it. Take it. Hey, hey, um, 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 I'm a physician, not not an accentologist. You have to make a look at me. I'm even out of character. You have to make an effort. Namo, Namo. I'm an engineer, not an actress. Look at, look at this one. Make <laughs> an effort. Sure. Everybody like, who comes yeah. on the podcast makes an effort. Make an effort. Pick makes one. Pick effort. a French one. Try your best impression of French. Let's let's I, go there. Yeah. Hey, wait, uh, we, we, you you we. said you were born in Cameroon. No, from I'm not. Race, I'm so not doing want... French accent. I'm not doing French accent. I'm thinking of what will I do now. Okay, let's go. So who's going to give us a hand? Who's going to tell us? You know, uh, one uh, lesson that you have learned as a father, and one that you have learned as a husband, that other men listening can can, and their wives too listening, or women can listen. I'm going to tell other men to go. <laughs> this is too an important a question to be using yeah, accent. To be accent, like <laughs> the question is too, the question is too thick to be using accent. Because if I'm using just, accent, just, oh, yeah, answer now. Answer now. Ah, but uh, let me ask. I don't do accents, man. You know. Um, I don't. That, that, that's, that's a Jamu accent. I can't believe we just spent all this time that's asking a Jamu about accent. Simple, simple. You just give us. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah man. Yeah, man. So, yeah, no, okay. No, uh-huh. seriously, though. Two, so I'm going to be very concise, right? Mm-hmm. One thing I've learned as a husband is something that I've been, I was told, but I now understand it as a husband is a woman is an incubator. Mm. A woman is like a womb. Whatever you give to her, she will give you bigger. Right? Mm. If you give your wife love, she will give you bigger. If you give your wife happiness, she will give you bigger. If you give your wife toxic masculinity, she will give you bigger. (laughs) If you give your wife sleepless nights, she will give you bigger. Right? If you give your wife joy, happiness, love, money, you know, you like, you know, so because they talk about a woman being the womb, you know, and whatever you put in there, she creates, you know. So understand that a lot of times you shape the as a man, you shape that relationship based on your inputs. Mm. So control the outputs by your inputs. That's number one. That's deep. As a father, the biggest thing I've learned. And I didn't learn this today. I learned this from my father. You know, I talk to my dad every day, sometimes three, four times a day, is time is more valuable than money and gifts and toys Mm. for your kids as a father. Spend the time. Be there. 
be there. My son told me today, Daddy, I want you to pick me up from school after I finish eating my lunch and playing my toys. I know exactly when he's doing that. And I was there standing. And he was like, you remember, that time is valuable, more valuable than any kind of thing you can do for them, money, toys. So I spend as much time as I can with my kids. So those are my two things. Wow. Those um, are deep things. Okay. Okay. How about you, Chris? Deep, deep, deep. All right. As a husband, right? You know, before getting into marriage, you have your definition of being a husband, you know. It's like, oh, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're not supposed to do. But having had that experience now, I mean, I'm not that old in marriage. I would say that one big thing that I've learned being a husband is that gender roles, quote unquote gender roles, right? Mm -hmm should never be the basis of you setting your home. Mm. You should set up your home based on your strengths as couples, because you're now one. That is one thing that I've learned and I feel like it's working, you know, for our family, right? Because when you tend to focus a lot on gender roles, you tend to miss out on who that person is, you know? So that's one big thing I've learned. So I know I already said this before, I think in the part one about the oneness, right? So that oneness thing is something that now that I'm married, I take it to a different level. You know, I try to extrapolate on it in every way, manner or form. Like my wife may not be here, you know, but what I'm doing, is it is it like, you know, an extension of her? You know, not, and then a lot of time people go like, oh, um, spouse, the compliment. And I don't, I don't use that word compliment each other, no. Because we are still going to be like different people. Mm. But what I believe spouses should do is they should bring the best out of one another. And that is one thing that I try to stick onto as a husband, right? Bringing the best out of my wife because the reverse would be she will also bring the best out of me. So that is one big thing I've learned about being a husband. And then being a father, you know, I mean, because growing up, like for me, growing up in a situation by my dad was always the one that was out there, you know. So my mom tend to be the one that would like look after us more, you know. But over time, as my dad grew older and had more time to communicate with us, yeah. he's actually the more emotional person. Mm. He's actually the one that would reach out to you if you didn't hear from you in like two days. You know, he's that person. But, you know, now that I'm seeing the young stage of fatherhood, right? I just, my son is barely a year. It's going to be two years, you know, very soon. I've learned that that time, correct, that you spend with your kids, you know, yeah. just trying to, almost the same thing that Lawrence said, that time that you spend with your kids, it's something that can never be replaced. Mm. Everything else can be replaced, everything else. I mean, everything else, but that time. And also as a dad, I would like to highlight that um, that time is not meant for just one person, very key. Because a lot of dads, you know, I mean, the stereotype is expected that the dad does not give a bath to the newborn baby, right? The dad does not change the baby. That's the stereotype out there most of the time. But I've 
come to be that dad that I'm involved in every aspect of my son's life, right? In every way, manner, or form. Like, like so much so that sometimes I'll tell my wife what my son is up to at this mm. stage, right? Yeah. So, you know, sometimes she'll be the one that will catch that first. But that is one thing I've learned about being a dad is that time can never be replaced. Everything else can be replaced, you know. But if you miss out on that time, you'll never have it back. You know, wow. so you, you guys just helped me successfully write my new book because I have to I I, I can <laughs> might as well just take this and start I've started a book. Law said it's it's control your output by your input. He talked about you know time more important than toys and everything else. And then Chris is talking about um setting up your, your house, which is profound, setting up your house by your strengths and not by gender roles and the mm-hmm. whole idea of bringing out the best in your partner. And more importantly, the time being something that you can never get back. And so I'm like, yo, we're out here delivering nuggets, man. We're dropping <laughs> truths left, right, center. This, this is the kind of conversation that we're going to have to keep having. And so, you know, as we get into this, you know, we talk about toileted conversations on the show. And we always say, we like, okay, here, we're about to have some deep thoughts. But anybody who's listening to um, the first part of our conversation and now this second part knows that you guys have been dropping nuggets like left, right, and center. So we're going to flip it a bit on his head to get into toilet seat conversations this way um, by asking you guys to look back now and think about what would you tell your younger self, you know, because for the guys listening on the show or for even ladies listening on the show, if you look back through your experiences lived in Africa, moved over here, went to HBCU, you know, you've hustled, washed plates to avoid babes. You've, you've, you've danced Makosa and gotten paid for it. You're a medical professional. You, you're an entrepreneur. You're married to, to, to an entrepreneur. You're a fellow doctor. Like we're talking about time and life commitments. Chris is doing his own thing, supporting his wife through YouTube, telling her to be, like, if you think about all of that, folks, toilet seat conversation, if you could go back and talk to your younger self, who is just beginning life, one, what would you tell your younger self not to worry about? So that any young person who's listening will hear from two grown men, <laughs> fathers and husbands. Oh, man. I mean, that's, that's a deep question. That's a very oh, let's deep conversation. You know, that's where that's the action deep... happens. That's where all the thinking happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you're thinking, and especially when you're dropping real nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So what would you Actually tell your younger self, man? Not to real worry nuggets. about. Good question. Yeah. You know, what would I tell my younger self not to worry about? You know, I guess, I mean, you know, I guess you're t- if I'm going, because I have the clarity of now, mm-hmm. you know, um, which I guess is the premise of your question. You know, I would I would probably tell my younger self to relax. Like don't don't overanalyze picking the woman you're going to marry. Mm. Right? Because the way I found my wife. Which we haven't heard. Can you just give us the high level cliff notes? You know. Come on, man. Give us the cliff notes real <laughs> man, quick. I think no, no that's cliff session. notes. You know, shout out to my my boy, even though, you know, my boy Eloka, you know, he's um a very good friend who I grew up with back home. I went to see him back in 2005 mm. in Ohio. And when I went to see him in, in Akron, Ohio, he took me to my wife's father's home because my 
my boy Ilika and my wife's mom are cousins. Okay. His mom and her, my wife's mom are cousins. And that's when I met my wife's family, but my wife was too young at the time, obviously. So, um, <laughs> but you know, we're still trying to get turned, away from Makosa dancing, but keep going. <laughs> when, she, when she turned 18, she posted this picture on Facebook, and my cut, my boy then was like, Yo, um, check my cousin out. You know, it was just kind of like a random, they were at an event, and I saw the picture. I still have this picture on my phone till today. She was in one. Purple, trash. Wow, here we go with the graphic descriptions. Yeah, keep going, <laughs> I'm listening. This is, this is super clip notes. I, I, I literally fell in love. Mm. And I messaged on Facebook. And it was literally one of those things where it was just effortless, kind of like a gradual build. And then I, I, I one day I decided I was going to interview at uh, the hospital where she was in for my, my internship. I didn't tell her I wanted to come there. I, I got the I, I made my list of where I wanted to go. And when I got my position there, I called and I was like, Oh, I'm coming to Ohio. She was like, to do what? <laughs> you know. Wow. Um, so hold on. Like it You've was literally her pretty much half like you you sort of knew of her. You you've you've seen her picture, her. you've known of her, and you've just been like, I am working hard to be ready to no, present well, myself as a living sacrifice. Is, no, huh? no, that's not it. The point I'm making is when I was younger, I had this idea of how I want to find my wife and this, all mm. of that. And this just literally just fell on my lap. Pretty much. And when I saw her, I knew it was perfect. I told, I told my wife I knew I wanted to marry her for the first time. <clears> like, <throat> that 18-year-old picture, I was like, this is my wife. Right? And, you know, I used to perseverate over, like, the type of person I want to marry. I had this idea and this one and that yeah. one. And I'm if I'm going to tell myself, I'm going to be like, just chill. You know what I mean? Like the person for you, you, you know, when, you know, just because when you overanalyze, some people leave their, their, their potential wives because they overanalyze it. Mm, that's the don't word just, right they don't just let it happen. You know what I mean? And I'm grateful to God that I just let this one happen because otherwise, if I have analyzed that, I'd yeah, be like, ah, one, man, you and know, now, you know. and now the adults won't exist. Can you imagine? You know what I mean? And so now you've even I'm linked going... up your friend, they married the sister. <laughs> wow. And this was from me. Shout Max. out to Eloka, who's like Abraham or something, because you this know? dude is like so, planting. And, and if you know me now, I overanalyze a lot of things. So me not just letting this just flow was, I don't know how that happened. When they, when it's supposed to be for you, it'll be for you, right? Mm. So my knowledge of myself now and my the wife I chose and the wife God chose for me, I understand now that sometimes you have to take yourself out of the equation and let it just be, mm. you know? That's so good. that's what I'll tell myself yeah. is just kind of take yourself out of some of these equations because some of the things I may have missed out on is because I put myself too much into it and overanalyze it out of my life. You know, so. good word, good word, Chris. How about you? What well, What would you tell your younger self not to worry about? Because a lot of our young, to, with respect to relationships, right? No, respect to anything. Just life, much, you know, just life. I mean, in yeah. life in general, correct? I'll tell my younger self. I think two things. You know, number one would be just open up, like mm. open up. You know, just just. I mean. I'm I'm not I'm not a difficult book to read, you know. I'm pretty straightforward, but I was the kind of person that my emotions were always kept within, you know. That's that's but, the that's the toxic mm -hmm. thing that corrupts right for the, there. For, 
for the earlier part of my life, I was one of the people that the emotions were kept in. And not they're not kept in because I didn't feel them or the person didn't know that I felt them. They were more kept in because on and also not because um how I put it, because um well, what am I trying to it's not because that I didn't want to give it, right? Mm, okay. It was just it was just because that um I was analyzing situations that I didn't have to analyze, right? Mm. I was the kind of person that um I I thought about dating. When I'm talking about emotion, I'm, t- I'm talking reference to dating, right? I thought that dating was like rocket science. <laughs> like literally. <laughs> I thought that dating was rocket science. That if you did it, I had a spreadsheet. Spreadsheet for dating. Yeah, yeah. you don't have like the whole. Yeah, no, 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 no. I think that for me, that's one big thing. That when I was younger, I focused on a lot. It's like if I dated somebody, I had to marry them. Mm. And guess what? This is the mindset I had. I'm nothing about this. Like maybe when I was like 25, I've had this. I had this mindset. When I was like maybe like 18, 19. So you can imagine. So those years of my growth. Those nine, 18, 19, 20, 21, I was critically analyzing anybody I came around that I liked. Mm-hmm. And I mean, deeply liked, right? So that is one thing I'll tell myself. Oh, I, I got out of that character with time, but I feel like, and I got out of it, you know, I, I guess pretty, you know, at an age that it didn't prevent me from meeting my wife, right? Yeah, it, but, it worked out. Yeah, it worked out. But that's one thing that I feel like as a person, it was as a younger person it was one thing that i had to like always kind of go back to like okay this person i like them in every way manner or form right so what's holding me back i'm like but and the the worst part of that was you always put it in your head why that person cannot fit in Mm. The spirit of Ify was holding you back. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm curious. It's probably what it was. Somebody's prayers. Somebody's prayers was happening. Yes. That's what what we say. Somebody's prayers was. If he was was kabashing overnight. And I was just doing like, oh. Wow. What a way to simplify. But I get what what you're saying. The opening up, you know, which is, you know, to what what Law was talking about here about, you know, don't overanalyze. And and, and there's a lot of young people that, you know, we're not just talking about relationships. We're just talking about life in general. Oh, life yeah. in general. You know. You overanalyze yourself out of... Out of things out of, that... Sometimes your blessings. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you guys this second part then, since you guys opened this Pandora's box. And I know we're coming towards the end of the episode, but, um, you know, same toilet seat conversation. Like, really think deep about this because we're talking about what you're telling your younger self to not worry about what would you tell your younger self to avoid? <laughs> because folks be like, you know, I don't care. You know, one of my pet peeves this... is when people say things like, I don't care. And I know it's a cliche I... saying, but <laughs> yeah, it's just that in my mind, yeah. I'm like, why would you not care? Like, why wouldn't you care yeah. about what you're doing? If you're going to put time into it, why not care? But generally, yeah. let's talk about it. What would you tell your younger you tell self you? to avoid? I mean, in okay. case you want me to start this one out. I, I, I can go. Okay. So one big thing I would tell my younger self not to avoid. To avoid. To avoid. <laughs> the other one I think is easy. Yeah. Okay, okay, to avoid. Okay. Yeah, to avoid. Yeah. What would you tell your younger self to avoid? It's to avoid doubt mm. in yourself. 
That's what I tell my younger self. That should be a bumper sticker. <laughs> that you know, self-doubt, you know, yeah. would come in many different ways, right? Even yeah. things that you know deeply you can excel in. The doubt yeah. just creeps in and it holds you back, right? So I'll tell my younger self, eliminate doubt from your dictionary. Mm. Like, like scratch it off. The word does not exist. Because, and, and I can use myself as a, a little, a couple of scenarios, right? Or one, like an illustration is like, you're trying to get to this place, correct? You're trying to achieve this thing. Then you look at it and you're like, oh, but I can't do this, right? Not, mm-hmm. not that you've tried and failed, right? Not that you don't mm-hmm. have what it takes to do it. But just because you've never done it or because it's too big a thing, you tell us, yeah. you know what? That's not. Are your, are your youth is when you're supposed to make mistakes and, yeah. and take risks. And take risks. You tell yourself that that's not for me. And there is one saying that my dad used to tell me, like forever. Whenever I had those situations, and then I he comes. Obviously, you know, our dads were our parents were a huge part of our lives. Yeah. You know, so it's like, why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing that? You know, you're like trying to bring up a a flimsy reason, and then my dad always goes like this. Did somebody do it? Like, I, mean, I, I guess people are probably doing it. It's like, do they have two heads? Mm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. um, and then that was the end of the conversation. Like, literally. Why can't you, like, why can't you put yourself? Yeah, why can't you do it? So I'll tell my younger child to avoid self-doubt. Yeah, eliminate yeah. self-doubt. That's How about you, Law? What's, what, what, what's that? Man, like? I'm going to be very specific with this one, man, because I've had this conversation with a group of my guys. You know, we have this group where we talk about just now that we're successful and now we're doing this a group of like, like and, and this is going to be very specific, you know, not, um, this is going to be avoid. When you're young, you want to go have fun and pop bottles, mm. right? When we avoid that. Because I keep thinking to myself avoid now, w- that money... Wasteful spending or avoid wish, hanging out? Spending. Or... No, that's when you go into a club and you... So you've not really ac- accomplished anything to go and be popping bottles. And then you go and be <laughs> spending that money to pop bottles. I say this very specifically because of this. You know, we talk about, you know, um, if you had put that, you know, $200 you contributed to that $1,000 table that you are popping every weekend or every other weekend in one stock that then. Mm. You see, a lot of times we are not educated financially, right? We're educated socially. So we're trying to keep up with these people, but then we don't have this financial education then. So if I have to tell myself something to not do, because I, I, I kind of beat myself up a lot, you know, because I'm like, if I know, now what I know then, yeah, I know then what I know now, I would stop myself from making those financial decisions because I feel like people look at those small, small $100 here, $200 here, they had put it in the right place and let it go for the, that 10, 20 years. That's time. You know, we start thinking about investments in your 30s and yeah. your 40s. But if you had put some of that the twenties, popping money in your 20s, you know, mm. I'm sure I say it's very specific because I actually have thought about this conversation before. And I think that's something very specific I would tell my younger self to not do because you've not earned that bottle popping. Yes, you know. No, that is good word. That is good word. That is good word. No, guys, 
don't forget to flush podcast is in your debt we are thankful we are um you know i feel like i can shed one tear like they do in the movies and be like thank you so much <laughs> for um popping in and you know um answering these deep questions you know because some of these yeah. questions are questions that i think will stump anybody else but for you guys it's like rolling up the tongue because you've lived experiences and you're learning from it and you're the kind of men that i feel that we all as men should actually have around us folks that can hold us accountable yeah. hold themselves accountable and actually think through things and so we appreciate you um don't forget the flush will be available this episode is going to be available now and we're going to keep sharing it um ladies and gentlemen um you've been listening to You've been listening to what you <laughs> say, Namo. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for being yeah. a part of our life so far. And people don't know this, but when Namo kind of wedded, he was part of our weddings. Oh, nice, know? yeah, that's um, MC Namo. Yeah, and he was yeah. part of, you know, as an MC, you know, and Namo has been a, a very critical part of our journey. <laughs> I mean, he's just been a friend turned family. I appreciate you, brother. Um, strong work with all these good good things that are happening around you and it's not happening by mistake you know this is the fruit of your labor so um thank you so much for this opportunity you know we are your family anytime uh, we, we, we you know, we'll be happy you, to man. help out well, you know, well, well appreciate you, man. thanks namo yeah. for having us on man no uh, hey you guys came in Definitely, and delivered um, on what we wanted to what we wanted to have i mean it's it's going to be monumental when we start seeing that our my first podcast was your podcast. Oh, nice. nice. <laughs> yeah, man. This is what we call Catch <laughs> Them Young. <I> mean, <laughs> <laughs> the These are the first. So, as know, we're rounding off, the big question is, should men be going on boys' trip or not going on boys' trip? What say you? Yes uh, or no? Stay tuned for the next episode for the answer to that question, man. <laughs> Appreciate everyone who listened <laughs> to this podcast. Thank you. Don't forget Stay to tuned for it. part three. <laughs> we got that wow, covered. Wow, men's trip is... What we is... got that covered. Oh, my God. And he's like, we out. We got that covered. No, we got <laughs> that covered, though, Namo. Part three. <laughs> 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 Guys, we out, man. Bye. Bye. Bye, man. Bye.